You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Good morning, Annie here for Showreel, a look at the Australian film and television and moving image industry. We are spreading our wings this morning to speak with Aotearoa New Zealand writer-director Catherine McRae, who is premiering her film Pacific Mother in Sydney on the 28th and in Melbourne on the 30th of August. The film explores the different experiences of young mothers across the Pacific as they negotiate the maternity systems in their countries. Pacific Mother particularly focuses on the gap between traditional birthing methods and the dominance of hospital births since the colonial experience took over from the traditional ways of life across the Pacific. So we can have a chat about... Yes, indeed. Oh, before we do, I'll have to say that I really like Go Girls. I didn't know you were part of that, but that was a great series. Oh, great. Yeah, I, was just, I directed on the last, the last series. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And it strikes me that uh, it, it was very focused on um, a female story. And so Pacific Mother follows on with that uh, trajectory, doesn't it? Oh, uh, yes, it started even earlier, probably, because I, I trained as an actor. And when I came out of um, drama school, I went to a meeting of all the actors, actresses in Wellington and um, found out what what the reality was, which was, and this is in 19, the mid-1980s, which was they were, had all been competing for the role of the, mother, the wife or the girlfriend of the main male character of any television series that would come up. And um, there were no secondary characters. All of them were men as well. So it was a really fascinating meeting where I think all actresses realised systemic change needed to be made. And uh, so there were women there that are now producers and writers and directors of 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 um, media in New Zealand, you know, I think that was a very important meeting for us to get together and go. It's not, we should, no point fighting amongst ourselves. It's, it's, this is a losing game. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, this particular film is fascinating because, in some way, you know, you'd say that uh, maternity and having babies is, you know. Uh, the most natural of things, but it's almost bordering on a taboo subject, isn't it? Yes, isn't that strange? Why is that? I mean, I know in in the seventies, you know, women were sort of getting in touch with their bodies more, and there seemed to be a, a um, it seemed to there was a pushback against feminism, wasn't there? And I, that, we seemed to lose that, and there seemed to be a lot of obsession about how we look, and you know, it seemed to be. I mean, there always has been, but um, I think. It's that kind of process that doesn't help keep women, 
I've put that in a bad way, but, you know, women, uh, I think we could be, be more in touch with our bodies than we are. Let's put it that way. And I think one reason why I made this film was one of the sparks was when I interviewed Sachiko for um, uh, the short film that I made first called Water Baby. She said that the more time she spent in nature, the more heightened her um, her natural instincts were. Because, of course, when they're free diving, the, the, the people who know how to free dive, they have to be very in touch with their breath and their bodies because it's a very dangerous thing to do. So I think when they come to having children, they it's natural to them to have a, have a natural birth, if not a water birth, you know. Um, whereas maybe the rest of us, are, if some of us are in cities and, you know, not really in touch with our bodies, uh, it isn't the most natural thing to do. And, and for a lot of women, it can be very, very scary. Well, it's fascinating, yeah. isn't it? Because you brought uh, Shakika uh, Fukamoto up. I mean, we follow her and she is a free diver. And you're right, this film, Pacific uh, Mother, has got this fantastic element in it, which is this connection to the natural world and what these people do. Like, it's her cohort of uh, community of women who are having babies that she's exploring the whole issue with. And and the whole film is laced with these fantastic images of underwater um, cavorting, I'll have to say. Yeah, well, we, I'm sort of making that connection between, I mean, maybe one reason we all, a lot of us love being in the water is because it's a bit like when we were in the womb, you know, swimming around with the amniotic fluid. So I'm sort of pulling those two images together, yeah. Yeah, well, it's beautiful. I mean, <clears throat> there's something very interesting about this film because we it, it's an investigation, a personal investigation by uh, Sakiko, first off, right? Um, yeah. And it has a meandering to it, uh, but always a point. And uh, it follows uh, uh, her understanding of uh, maternity systems, but it goes into so many other things. Uh, but it, that exploration, you take us with her through it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We were because she brought the the first film to me, that little the short film. But she brought it to her friend uh, Miguel Ozawa, who's a Japanese producer in New Zealand, who knows me. So she, she was our, the person who linked us together. And so the three of us, it's been a, a journey with the three of us. Um, after Water Baby was released, uh, it went it, it went gangbusters online. It got sort of seven or eight million views, and it made us. And that was about um, Sachiko's first birth. And it made us realise that there's a hunger from mostly women to to see stories about their own life experiences. You know, there's a lot of films about war and beating people up, but they're, they're not that many about birth. <laughs> there's a few, but not that many. And um, so that's why, uh, and, and because of the reaction we got, messages and um, from women all over the world, that's what sparked us to do the feature links. Because people were literally saying, is this a... A, a trailer for for a feature length film. We thought, <laughs> I think we better do it. And then, particularly when Kimi Werner, who's a, um, a spearfishing champion in Hawaii, reached out to Sachiko, firstly to ask about swimming underwater while pregnant, because she was getting a lot of grief about that. People were saying, "Oh, you're denying the child um, oxygen and things like that." And she didn't oh, wow. feel she was, and so she reached out to Sachiko because she she knew Sachiko was diving underwater while pregnant. Um, and through those conversations, it came out that Kimmy was pregnant herself. So 
at the end of 2019, we thought we've got to get over there and film Kimmy before she has her baby. And so we got over there when she was about eight months pregnant. And of course, that was December 2019. And by March, we were all in lockdown. So that we just thought up this great idea of having a feature that would go across the Pacific. <laughs> We'd get to travel to all these wonderful countries, but then we couldn't. And so, But we carried on. Miguel and I decided that we would. Um, Paul Suchko um, was stuck in, her, in Okinawa and we were stuck in New Zealand. But that's when we started to reach out to cinematographers and women over Zoom and uh, managed to do a lot remotely. We did get to the Cook Islands and, and a few things like that, but once it's borders opened up but it became a different movie at that point um but it was amazing for me as a filmmaker to be able to just zoom with you know a fabulous underwater cinematographer in tahiti and you know tell him what i needed and 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 off he'd go um with with the with for instance rava ray who's in the film and you know i sometimes if it was an interview if it was underwater they'd off they'd go but if it was an interview i'd i'd be also be there and zoom watching what they're up to and checking the, the frames and things like that. So it was an interesting experience. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Um, it's uh, The story is really interesting, um, as well as the filming. This is what I want to get across to people as we talk. Yep. That the um, film is uh, it's absolutely seductive, the underwater sequences, and also the birthing sequences. I mean, we actually see the babies coming out. Yes. <laughs> Aren't we lucky? What, what, it's so lovely of those women to share that with us. I mean, it's such an intimate moment. Oh, yeah. And then the um, looks of the partners, the faces of the men are just yeah. priceless. Isn't it lovely? When we made Water Baby, and, you know, and, and William Truebridge, who's a New Zealand freediving champion and Suchko's partner, you know, he was in the, you know, in the birth pool with Suchko, and I didn't really think much of that. You know, I've got a very supportive partner, and I, you know, that's what I expected William to do. And then we got this feedback from this woman who showed the film in an antenatal class, and she said it was so important for the men in the antenatal class to see William doing that and to see William catch his, his child. And um, and uh, in the, in Water Babies, William swims the Cook Strait because he's ra- raising awareness of the of the Maui dolphins and um, that are endangered in New Zealand. And these men were saying, "Well, I'm I'm really keen to catch my baby. I don't, I don't want to swim the Cook Strait, but I'll, I'll catch my baby." <laughs> so yeah, it was just lovely to. Uh, it was an unexpected byproduct to the film that that he was inspiring uh, partners to be more involved in the childbirth moments. Yeah. Yeah, it's really quite extraordinary. Um, the other thing that's really extraordinary is the discovery of um, the uh, effect of colonisation, but also the Second World War, which was kind of like the second colonisation um, a moment, I suppose, uh, of mm. Western um, removal of traditional methods of birthing. Yeah, I mean, that's that was the big surprise for Suchko, that when she was pregnant and she found it really struggled to get um, to meet up with midwives and she really couldn't get the a, 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 home, a water birth at home like she wanted in Okinawa. I mean, maybe one person did it and, she, you know, she was booked up. You know, it was very difficult. So that's why she ended up, she ended up travelling to New Zealand having a water birth there because our maternity system allows that to happen quite reasonably easily. Uh, and so... She was just so shocked at how little choice she had, and she started to read about natural birth and um, 
but, but yeah, but couldn't access access it in her own place. And so, but through the film, I don't want to do too much of a spoiler, but she she does find out that Japan before the Second World War had an extremely good network of midwives who lived in the community and birthed women in um, in these uh, midwifery houses, maternity houses. Well, I don't think you're going to spoil it for people because it's a fascinating um, exploration into the removing of female agency, effectively. That's it, yep, yep. And that's what drove us to, I remember we all sat around and talked about it, that I was thinking, well, if we if we want a better maternity system moving forward, let's take a moment to look back and see at what point did we lose control of the birthing process as women. Um, and it was a different point for different countries, but uh, I thought that was a really important we all thought that was an important uh, aspect, and that's what led us to look at the traditional birthing. Well, one of the things that's so fascinating about the film is that it feels like we're investigating it in the same way as you. And I feel like the story about the placenta, the placenta story, was just so um, moving, actually. Did you discover that in your, uh, in the same way as the film is describing it? I think in New Zealand we've been, a lot of people have been burying placentas for quite a few years. It wouldn't have been happening when I was a kid, I'm 60, um, but over the last 20 or so years it has been. But it's definitely a, a, from Māori culture, I think we've got it from there. And um, as, as we talk about in the film, they, they call the placenta the whenua, and that's the same name for land. So they say whenua kita whenua, send the placenta back to the land and that marks their place of birth. And through the course of... So I, I think I, I knew a bit about that, but I through the course of the film, I, I realised... Well, through the course of making the film, I realised it was a Pacific-wide uh, uh, tradition. Yeah, yeah, because what's interesting about this film is that it is the Pacific. You, you, make, you explore Japan, Hawaii, the Cook Islands, Aotearoa. Um, so we're yeah. And yeah, yeah, Tati. So we're actually getting a um a cross reference of cultural experience, aren't we? And the redeeming right. of the past. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I'm sorry we didn't have didn't have the, the budget to do Australia as well. <laughs> Hi, um, my name's Maya Newell and I made a film called Gaby Baby and recently a film called In My Blood It Runs. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. You are with Annie on Showreel on your community radio 3CR. We are chatting with Arotarua New Zealand writer-director Catherine McRae about her film Pacific Mother, which is premiering in Australia in Sydney on the 28th and in Melbourne on the 30th of August. There will be a broader release and opportunities for people to book community screenings at au.demand.film forward slash pacific dash mother forward slash. Here is the second part of my conversation with Catherine. Uh, what were the uh, key moments in the making of the film, uh, you know, in the development of the film? I think a key moment was deciding to carry on, even with COVID, um, Every time we got a woman to agree to be part of it was extremely important. Um, that, and, you know, finding... We sort of had to find Joanna. It was Kimmy had reached out... Kimmy in Hawaii had reached out to Sachiko and they also knew Rava, who's in Tahiti. Um, so there was connections were already there, but we had to find Joanna. So um, that was fabulous. Um, 
it's wonderful getting some funding from um, Pacific Islanders and Communications, which is an outfit in Hawaii, so that really helped us. Um, and we got finishing finance from New Zealand Film Commission to, to finish it off. Um, the, the biggest task in making movies like this is, is filming the births because, of course, they, they don't happen to schedule. So you've got to sort of timetable a whole lot of cinematographers and camera people standing by, you know, you're available this day, you're available that day, you know, to hope that they can keep their calendars vaguely free around that time. And then travel up to um, Hawke's Bay where she gave birth. I'm in Wellington, so um, it was about four hours' drive, you know. So it was a, 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 that's a big challenge. Well, you know, it was um, quite amazing. Uh, each of the births were very different. But um, the woman in Tahiti, that family, uh, the role of the uh, mother, the expressions on their faces, uh, you know, the way the woman, her, her mother's uh, saying that uh, what her daughter's done has made her reclaim her sense of motherhood. Yeah. That was so powerful, big, wasn't it? wasn't it? Yeah. And I think that related to an earliest, the only other, you know, earlier statement that that mother makes about how she'd been disconnected from her culture um, by being denied, being, not being able to speak the language when when she was young and, and just that whole westernisation of her life. And I, and I know that they spent a lot of time in the States, that family. And then the, the mother returned to Tahiti and so did Rava. And so it's been a process of reclaiming their their. Uh, their culture and for Rava she really wanted to give birth like her ancestors did she you know she literally her mother pointed to the bush one day and said well that's where your grandmother was born in some shack in there you know and yeah that felt right for for Rava but it's extremely difficult in Tahiti to um, to get support from midwives there's no community midwives you have to go to the hospital and um, so she reached out to a woman in Hawaii, a midwife in Hawaii, to, who, who was willing to come over to Tahiti and spend several weeks there um, and help her give birth and give her that support that she wanted, to have the birth she wanted. But luckily in the film, we do have, we do have one of our mothers who doesn't get the birth she wanted. And of course, that's the reality. And I think the beauty of the continuity of care system, which is what New Zealand has, which is, you know, with midwives looking after the mum, through pregnancy, through birth, and then six weeks after birth, is that when birth doesn't go the way we hoped it would, you've got a midwife coming to see you in six weeks following where you could talk about that and and work work through it and find out you know why it happened. And so, um, I think that helps people um, uh, resolve any birth trauma or feelings of of powerlessness that they might have had in that moment, um, because what what they're finding in places like Japan or and in New Zealand is that even though um, medicalisation of birth has meant that lots of more women have survived, thank goodness, and babies have survived, that really troubling is that is that maternal suicide is going up. So we've got to look at why that's happening, and I suppose our suspicions are that that postnatal care is not good enough, and also maybe um, birth trauma hasn't been um, looked at. And a lot of the message a lot of women get is. Well, as long as you've got a healthy baby, it doesn't matter what how the birth goes. Well, yes, of course, a healthy baby is incredibly important, but you can't traumatise that mother while you're doing it and not not have a um, expect a, a downstream problem. Yeah, but what you really come up with is uh, the message of support and uh, control, a sense of control, but also a lot of support. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I read something the other day about a woman. It was one of those sort of Facebook um, thing, um, little articles, but it, it was making a really good point about how this woman went to see it, a new mother, and there was um, lots of cards around and dead flowers. But this woman was really struggling with a toddler and a newborn baby and a husband at work, you know. And it, she was just making the point that it'd be really great if people actually were there, not just sending cards and flowers <laughs> and supporting them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And interestingly, Sachiko's, Sachiko's um, relatives, uh, her ancestry is, is Japanese, but also Taiwanese. Mm. And the Taiwanese have a practice of the mother um, basically uh, being looked, well, definitely being looked after, like hardly even being able to walk for about six weeks. You know, they just they have somebody there to support them for those first six weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good plan. I know that you're coming to. Um, uh, Melbourne on the 30th and you've got a Sydney uh, launch uh, premiere on the 28th. Uh, where are they going to be at and are you do, doing Q&As? Yes, we are. Yeah, I, I am. I'm um, in Sydney at the Ritz Cinema in Randwick and in, um, in Elstonwick in Melbourne, classic Elstonwick, I think it is called. Yes, it is. So what? Yeah. Um, so you're doing a Q&A? On the 30th. On the yeah, 30th. and I'll be at a Q&A for both, yeah. Yeah, 30th. cool. Because I'm very impressed with your film. It's great. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you so much. I found it absolutely. I found it absolutely hypnotic, to tell you the truth. Oh, well, I felt really great when my executive producer said to me one day. She said, "You slow us down," and I thought that's that's really good. She's not saying you're boring us. It's just but that those underwater um, images that we start with, I think they signal to the audience that this, you know, this is this movie. This is the world that we're in, and. Um, I was really pleased about that. I thought, oh, that's we've struck a tone, and 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 it changes us when we go into the cinema, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. you did a great job. Good on you. Oh, thank you so much. That's it for Showreel this week. We have been chatting with Arotorua New Zealand writer director Catherine McRae, who is premiering her film Pacific Mother in Sydney on the 28th and in Melbourne on the 30th of August. She'll be there for that screening. For the opportunity for event screenings, go to au.demand.film and uh, forward slash Pacific dash mother forward slash. Coming up next is Published or Not.
Listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.